Welcome to the Home Team Podcast. Welcome to the Home Team Sacramento Podcast. I'm Josh Takimoto, and today we have former pro and D1 basketball player and founder of Lead Performance Athletics, Blair Orr. What's going on, man? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm, I was, we were talking off air. I'm excited to get this thing going and actually have a conversation with you because we've been following what you've done for quite a while. And um, it's just, it just awesome, man. Like, it's just, I love what you guys do. Sometimes I get jealous of what I see on social media too, because I'm like, dang, their, their social media, media presence is just way better than ours. I need to take some notes because um, <laughs> I, I just feel like you're killing it in all aspects, but primarily what you guys are doing with athletes is incredible, man. So I'm really excited to kind of pick your brain and have a conversation. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. absolutely. Um, so let's start here, man, because I think everybody wants to know, and if they're not familiar with you, um, yeah. it's a good way to get familiar with you. So what is your, your athletic, your coaching, and then your training background? And then how did you get to the place you are today? It, it, it's funny because because when you did the introduction, you said former Division One pro uh, pro basketball player. I feel like I've dove so much into what I'm doing now. I forget that that happens. So I'll be having random. I'll be having just casual conversations in the gym with new athletes who have been here for you know maybe a week or two, and I say something to the extent of some story from some country I was in. They go. When did you, when were you in China? What were we doing in China? I was like, oh yeah, you know, I used to play. So it's, it's kind of funny. I, I, I forget to tell people, but my, uh, going back, I grew up in Southern California, uh, played basketball, uh, straight from high school, decided to go to a university in Canada, loved my time, realized it was way too cold, came on back, uh, to Southern California, went to Cal State Northridge, uh, played four, four additional years there. And then uh, after that, just took basketball as far as I could and, uh, you know, tried to see as many countries as I could uh, while getting paid to, to play the game. So, yeah. That's awesome. Now, so I was looking at your bio. I did some research. So what it says is you're 6'8". Yeah. And you're a big man. And people yeah. are still surprised that you played at a high level. It seems like just I would assume just looking at you like, oh, yeah, he must have played at a high level, at least college. Yeah. Yeah, there's always the questions of, you know, it's, oh, did you play basketball? Did you play uh, volleyball? My favorite answer is no, I'm, I, was a, I was a jockey. Um, and, and some people get it right away. Some people are like, wow, poor horse. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and That's so, awesome. yeah. But yeah, what is, what is the, uh, the normal height for a jockey? I mean, it's, it's under what? It's like it's under five, five, five oh, sometimes. More, yeah, more than likely. Well, yeah. and, and I mean, talking about height, it's interesting. You go from high school and, I stopped growing at 15. So my sophomore year, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to be seven foot. You know, I'm going to UCLA. I got the NBA in the bag. And then all of a sudden I get to my senior year. I was like, I haven't grown in a while. Um, so I was the center on my high school team. I get to college. All of a sudden I have seven footers on every team every year that I play. Uh, and then I go overseas and, you know, Hey, it doesn't matter what position you thought you were. Here's the ball, you know, go, go score. We're paying you for a reason. Um, and so you make these adjustments all of a sudden you go from being a five 
uh, in high school to a four in college to uh, uh, play in whatever position, you know, everything from from guards to stretch four, whatever they need you, you know, they're paying you for it. So, yeah. That's always the wild, the wildest part to me because I, I, I played high school baseball. When I say played high school yeah. baseball, my freshman and sophomore year, I played a lot. Junior and senior years, I was on the team. And so, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So like, it, it's interesting to me seeing that progression when you hear stories of people that did play in, in a, at a high level of D1 or if they went pro, because it, it's just such a bizarre thing. Because when, yeah. and, you, and you've seen it, you work with high school athletes. There's such a weird difference, even within the city here in Sacramento, you can go from one area of Sacramento and it's yeah. like, huh. That seems like a, a really small high school basketball team. And then you go see some of these other monsters. It's like, oh, that looks like, a, like at least a, you know, a, a Juco uh, yeah. team. And they're just like, these are still high school kids and they're the same level. Yep. And like you said, once you get to that next level, it's like, oh, I'm just as big or not as big as everybody else. And that's got to be such a weird, like, how long does that take for your, like, your mind to like say, okay, I got to get this out of my head because I just have to accept the fact that I'm the same height as everybody else now. I, I just remember running gassers the whole first week of college and just like trying to keep up. And, you know, you, it's, it's weird to just be pummeled by, cause at that point you're playing with grown men. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, kind of same thing happens when, when you go to that next professional level. Um, it, it is a, it's a weird adjustment. Um, but I mean, you, you get used to it. I think for me, it was more so it took about a year to realize that everybody else in college, when you get to the division one level, you're not really unique. So it's like, Hey, I want to, I want a CIF championship in high school mm-hmm. and then I get to college. Well, so is everybody else. Yeah. Um, especially when you, when you're at that level. And so, um, it's no longer like, Hey, here's this phenomenal athlete. You guys are all phenomenal athletes. Yeah. Uh, and it's a matter of over those four, maybe five, you know, six years now for, for some people, uh, that you're in college of, of trying to consistently get better year after year. Yeah. Basketball is such an interesting sport to me too. When it comes to the high school level. Cause I love, I've told people this before I've said on this podcast, my favorite championship, um, for any sport is high school basketball. When I, my brother and I will go down, we try to go down every year to watch the state championship game at, at golden one center because yeah just like you're saying, you see these incredible athletes and it's, it's such a weird thing. Like a couple of years ago, we went to see uh, Sheldon and Sierra Canyon. Okay. And, um, they, I always forget the kid's name. That's Cassius something. He's in the NBA now. Cassius Stanley. Yep. Stanley. I, I always forget the last name, Stanley. And yeah. I saw him do things. I'm like, I've never seen a high school kid do this before. And like yeah. you said, he goes to that next level. He's like everybody else. They can all do it. It's wild. Crazy. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, some of the things that, that separate them all, I'll say this before I talk on Cassius. Uh, so when I got to Northern California, it's been about two years now, kind of just looking at the landscape, it's a very evened out, uh, landscape for high school basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have some really good teams, but most of the people are right in the middle of that bell curve where in LA it's all over the place. Hmm. You have the Sierra Canyons and then you have, you know, just the down the street high school. Um, so there's a, there's a big, uh, difference there. Uh, but I'll say, so Cassius Stanley, and then of course, Amari Bailey who's going to UCLA next year. Um, they both train almost their entire high school career at what's called athletic gains and athletic gains is yeah. where I got to start training in LA. Okay, so it's cool. a facility that in all honesty, lead was built because of, 
um, or on the same idea, on the same principles of training, um, all that. And so being me being in that environment and seeing, hey, we got pro athletes every day, all day. And then you have these high school kids that are training with them. There's some guys uh, came on who just went fifth in the NFL draft uh, yeah. last week. I walk in and I, I see him like, oh, okay, obviously everybody in this room is an, an NFL player and cave on. And there he's the only high school kid, you know? So it's, uh, yeah, it was, it's different when you get in those environments. Um, sometimes that early exposure is huge for some of those athletes. Cause you take someone like cash Stanley, God given talent. Mm-hmm. And then you just, uh, you know, you continue to build on that when you expose them to that pro level, uh, training. Yeah. Actually, I'm actually glad you mentioned athletic gains too, because I noticed that as I was again as I was doing my research, I noticed that on your uh, your Instagram page, and uh, I actually yeah. became familiar with athletic gains because I, working with Character Combine, we went down to the Honor Bowl at Oceanside High School, okay. and okay. Um, you know we kind of had a booth set up, and we were uh, my boss at the time was he was the MC of the event, so uh, okay. we went down there and we we're hanging out, and as I was kind of walking around looking at the different booths, I came across athletic gains. And, yeah. uh, like they were cool with me cause they gave me a free shirt and I'm like, it doesn't even matter what you guys do. I got a free shirt out of this. Like, this is dope. But, yeah. uh, and then I started looking into what they did. It's like, oh man, crazy impressive. Just all the stuff that they're doing with athletes. And then yeah. when I was doing my research on you and I, I noticed that it's like, oh yeah, like I started to like, started to see some of the similarities Yeah. in even like how you guys set up your Instagram page, like, right. Like the stuff that you're yeah. showing, I'm like, oh yeah, like I can see where the influence is. So I'm glad yeah. you brought that up because, uh. I, I immediately recognized the the athletic gains logo there on your Instagram yeah. page. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's such a, yeah, such a wild thing. Like you said, when, that, when those young athletes that have that God-given talent are exposed to other athletes that are similar at a young age, it's gotta yeah. be huge. Cause it, I guess I imagine it would be, it would help with the shock that they would have going into that next level. Right. Cause it's like, okay, yeah. I recognize I've been around some athletes that are just as good, if not better than me. And so yeah. when they go to that D one level, it's like, okay, I'm not, there's not culture shock, right? Like you're not, you kind of expect what to, yeah. you kind of know what to expect where some other people is like, I'm the big dog in the city. You can't tell me yeah. anything. And then they get to that next level. It's like, Oh no, I'm not, not here. You know what I mean? I was, I was just telling a story today in the gym. Um, so once it was 2019, summer of 2019, I had an opportunity to essentially be part of a practice team with the Shanghai sharks. Sorry. Oh, you're good. Uh, in 2019, I had an opportunity to be, uh, a part of a practice team when the Shanghai Sharks came over to America. They had a few exhibition games. Uh, awesome. They played, I want to say, one one of the LA teams and they played the Houston Rockets. Uh, we basically got to be uh, the crash test dummies for, for you know, <laughs> okay. uh, for a few days. <laughs> yeah. And I can't remember. It wasn't Valentinus, but it was another uh, European big guy. And I've never played better defense in my life. We're talking about, I got two fingers in his eyes. You know, he's not getting anywhere. And every time that ball left his hand, it was going in. It didn't matter what I was doing. You start to see like, man, I'm coming straight out of college. I am training with the pros, but then you, you get them in their environment. And you see, even though I was a pro at that time, the discrepancy there between any other level in the NBA it's massive. So, yeah, I, you know, as I said before, I, I did not play at a high level, so I can't even imagine <laughs> that jump. You know what I mean? And so if you're saying that, like for me, for someone like me or anybody else who's listening, like it's just, 
it's just otherworldly what, what athletes at that next yeah. level can do. But it's, it's, it's so awesome to watch those. So I'm like, I'm, I'm cool with it. I'll be a fan, even though I couldn't, I can't do any of those things. I'll yeah. watch and just appreciate everything that they do. <laughs> um, let me ask you this, man. And, and, and maybe I'm, this is something I'm, maybe I'm not, uh, maybe it's a misunderstanding on my part, or maybe I'm just not seeing it, but it seems like from my limited knowledge of what you do, it seems like you are more focused on any athlete and just athletic performance rather than yeah. coaching basketball. I imagine at some point there was a decision that had to be made where you decided to do that. What was the decision-making process like? Cause I imagine like, I feel like most people that have your background would be like, well, I'm going to be a basketball coach. I'm going to focus on basketball because that's, that's the world I live it, live in. That's the world I love, but you, you chose to go a different direction. Like what was that decision-making process like? I, I think it was, I think it was a gradual, uh, kind of, I, I gradually rolled into it okay. because in college and, and I always joked, like I wasn't a phenomenal athlete in college. Yeah. I played division one. Uh, I was more of a bodybuilder than an actual basketball player. Okay. Anytime we had to run down and back, it was like watching a Hummer make a U-turn. It wasn't quick. Uh, you know, eventually the job got done, but it wasn't yeah. quick. It wasn't, no, it was terrible. So, um, but when I was at Northridge, a few of the years I wasn't, I wasn't playing and it's hard when you red shirt and then you have expectations for the next year, you don't really play, but you, know, you find things that you can control. And what I could control is the weight room. I was like, cool, I'm going to lift more than anybody else on the team. And even though I achieved that, I think like once I achieved that, I realized I'm like, well, now I'm bulky. I'm cumbersome. I don't know how to move. I can't, uh, you know, jump elastically. Like I, I have no, uh, you know, athletic ability whatsoever. Um, and so when I got out of college, as I was starting to kind of figure out uh, that the physics in my head wasn't what the physics, you know, that the game demanded, uh, those aren't the same. Yeah. Um, as I got out of college, my last year, I was training at sports Academy. I was training at, at athletic gains and kind of seeing how pros actually train and how they emphasize certain things over others. Um, that kind of just opened up this whole, it's a, it's a broad term, but it's a broad umbrella term, but performance training, sure. um, opening my eyes to that. The day I came back from China, the very next day I was at Athletic Gains coaching again. Um, and so I, I think just when I made that transition, I'm like, this is what I want to do. I've had opportunities. I've had people ask me to, to coach basketball. And as much, as much fun as it would be, um, I think that there's a really big um, – there's, there's just this really big passion to – completely dive into and just be an expert in what I wasn't good at when I was in college. Hmm. So, yeah. And, I like that. And, you know, you take, you take the things that you learn and you try to pass them on. That's, that's the simplest way to go about it. So, right. well, I think it's cool too, man, just from a, from a, an impact and an influence perspective, which is what we're all about here. Like we, we, you know, we love competition. We love, you know, we love winning, but at the end yeah. of the day, like we're, we're about, seeing an athlete's life change through trainers, through coaches, through teachers, whatever yeah. the, the avenue you choose to influence through is. And I, I feel like with what you're doing now, like it, not that a coaches, obviously a coach's impact can last a long time, but really no matter what, how you cut it, unless you're talking about like a professional coach, yeah. really you're, you're the most you're going to coach a kid is four years, right? Like yeah. if you have a stud athlete come in, 
maybe if you're a, a, a coach that does like, you know, um, like a, uh, or, um, like a competitive travel team or something like that, maybe you'll yeah. be with the team for longer, but really it's, it's pretty limited, but with what you're doing, it's like, it's a longer, uh, lasting impact. Like you get to have a longer yeah. period or time frame that you're with these athletes because they may start, I mean, I don't know how young they start with you, but if they start like in middle school and then yeah. go all the way through, even through college, I mean, that's a long time to have an influence on someone's life. So, yeah. um, I think that's awesome, man. Like I think from that perspective, that's a that's a great a great thing to be doing for sure. Yeah, one one thing I I, I would love to, to talk on, or at least touch on, yeah, is so, so we do start with middle school. Okay, we don't have a lot of options. We have two times a week we'll have a middle school group, um, and so obviously only being open since November, we haven't you know, been open long enough to see the middle schoolers turn into high schoolers, high schoolers turn into college athletes and, and so on. Uh, but it's cool with the high school athletes from last year that are now in college. They're going to be coming home for the summer. Uh, they already did that in December. In December, everyone was on Christmas break. We had a ton of college athletes come back. All the high schoolers got to train with them. It's oh, the wow. same. Yeah, it's the same thing that we're able to do with athletic gains. I mean, we had last week, we had one of the top basketball players in Northern California training with a guy who's training to go to the NBA draft, uh, this year. And so when you get that environment, it's just, you get, like I said, you get that early exposure. Um, we're able to do that with, uh, you know, multiple female sports. We have some female college athletes, you know, came back in, in December, same thing in the summer. Uh, we are able to mix different grades. We don't say, Hey, you're a freshman. So you gotta be with the freshman. Um, we have some middle schoolers who are just phenomenal athletes and Hey, I need you training with the high schoolers. Um, wow. And, and the reason being is because for the middle school athlete, we're trying to make the best general athlete. But if we tackle it from a programming perspective and say, Hey, they need to squat, hinge, you know, uh, lunge, push, pull, and, and all these boxes have to be checked. We're kind of missing the mark. So what we set out to do is if we're going to have middle schoolers, we're going to take everything that we want them to do and hide it in games. So we'll come in and, and most of our athletes know on a Tuesday, it's going to be floor is lava. We're making the whole turf strip behind me into an obstacle course. So they're going to be jumping on boxes. They're going to be balancing. They're going to be skipping, hopping, all these different things. They got to crawl. So it forces their bodies to do the things that we normally want to do, mm-hmm. but we're not looking at the board and saying, Hey, you got, you know, five sets of five and, and you got to do this. And they're like, Oh, I got to get through this. Instead it's engaging. It forces them to do the, the things that, that we want them to do. Um, and then with that, Hey, if we have some high school athletes that are proficient enough, they know how to move their bodies. They need a broader or uh, less broad, uh, stimulus. And we need to get, you know, more specific on, on certain things that we're doing. Hey, let's move them to the high school. Let's move them to the high school group. Same thing with the high school. Hey, come on with, with the older guys. Um, and so that's a really unique thing that we've been able to do. Um, and it's, it's been really cool seeing how that's, uh, how that reciprocates. That's awesome. Now, do you have to, is it, is there a, a battle that you have to fight where you might have an athlete? Because obviously these athletes that are training with you, they're ambitious, they're driven, they want to uh, make it to that next level. And for some of us as athletes, any of us who played at sports or who continue to play, like even like weekend warrior stuff, right? Like sometimes yeah. we have a vision of what we 
of what we are. And then there's like the reality of what we can actually do. Yeah. Is there ever a battle with your athletes? Maybe battles too strong, but like, do you ever have to have those conversations where maybe an athlete is wanting to take the steps forward, but they're not quite there yet. And you have to say, okay, you got to trust the process because yeah. what we're doing now, you'll get there, but you got to start here. And I, I imagine that can be a, a challenging conversation, but like, what is that conversation like when you have to have those conversations? Um, I, I just had the conversation last week and it was an athlete who texted me, coach, when do I know when I'm overtraining? And I just texted back, here's your sign. If you're texting me and you're asking me, Hey, am I overtraining? I think we know that you're overtraining. Um, and his example specifically was he was in here doing things that we're having him do, doing them very well, doing proficiently, uh, and, and seeing increases there. But you have some athletes that just are continuously grinding themselves down uh, because they're stuck in the grind. They, they hear the grind. Hey, you know, just, just grind it out. Gabe Lemon uh, was the first person who, who made this analogy. He's like, the grind literally means to wear down. It's like, okay, so if we're going to, to grind down and try to sharpen that knife, at some point, if you just keep grinding, you lose the knife. Yeah. And so uh, we, we had an athlete because he would come in here, we do this stuff that we needed him to do. And then he'd go to, you know, the gym down the street, the, the big box gym, and he'd do a bunch of back squats or he'd do, you know, big, slow lifts. And, uh, you know, at, at some point we had to have the conversation of like, hey, I am, we're trying to get you to these goals. And if we start overtraining, we're going to start getting to the point of diminishing returns and, and we're going to start getting farther away, farther and farther, instead of closer to where you want to get to. Yeah. That's a really interesting, first of all, we love, we love Gabe. He was on the show um, yeah. quite a few weeks ago, but yeah, he was on character combine, huge, huge fan of Mr. Lemon there. So Gabe, <laughs> and I tell this to everybody, if you look at my phone, Gabe is, in my opinion, the only person that does exactly what I do, you know, similar populations, uh, you know, very similar training style. He is my number one competition. He's also the first person I'm in my fave five on my phone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's, <laughs> he's my best friend. He, uh, he and I have, have done a lot together thus yeah. far. Um, he's been a great mentor to me. So yeah, just phenomenal, phenomenal human being. Yeah. Amazing. And I do have a question about, uh, about the Sacramento athletic coalition. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll come back around to that, okay. um, but the, the grind, like this idea of grind, I feel like just from an outsider's perspective and obviously being in the sports world in a much different way than you are, but still, you know, we're both on social media. We, we both post up all the time. We both see stuff all the time. I feel like that idea of grinding, it's all that, it's all that motivational stuff you see on Instagram and YouTube, and which is, which is awesome. Like, I mean, I would be lying if I said, I didn't listen to that stuff to get, you know, a little hyped up every, every once in a while. But yeah. at the same time, it, there is this like idea of, of grinding or, you know, grinding, grinding, like you hear it all the time. And yeah. I, I just wonder if, if, I mean, obviously it's a, it's, it can be a good thing, but I wonder just from your perspective, is that detrimental as well? Like, do, I mean, is there, I mean, obviously like, especially now like you see a ton of stuff and I, and obviously we all love, we all love Kobe Bryant and you see his yeah. videos all the time now. Um, yeah. and it's like, how do you, I guess it's a kind of a, a weird question, but like, how do you help people understand? It's like some people are, are built differently and they, they just yep. work a little bit differently. And yep. that's a great thing to aspire to, but understand like they are built differently and, and you're not quite there yet. Like this is there's yeah. a real, there's a reality to this too. Like how do you yeah. balance those two things when you're, when you're training athletes? 
we have we have two approaches. So we have this like mental approach, and we have a real just hey, this is black and white. This is your this is physically where you are, um, and that's our testing protocol. And I'll get it. I'll get to that in a second. But I I mean there are some athletes that um, you know all, every athlete that walks in here they have big goals, mm-hmm. right? Like that's that's why they're here. We haven't had an athlete so far come in and just be like, ah, I just kind of want to be here. No. Every, whether they're male or female, every athlete is trying to come in here, whether they're trying to move a lot of weight or they're trying to get explosive or they're trying to jump higher. They're coming in here because they want to get after it. They're not just like, ah, it looks cool. I want to go. No, they're, they're here to get after it. So in terms of a mental side of it, um, the, we have had athletes that go a little too far with the grind. We really haven't had to kind of pump up any athletes yeah. because like I said, they're here they're here for a reason. They're here because yeah. they want to get after it. They know they can see what we provide. Um, but we've had some athletes that get on the side of burnout. Yeah. It's something I went through. Um, I actually went through it at the end of my second to last year of college. So my fourth year of college, I did five years. I was burnt out. I was ready to leave because I'm like, Hey, I'm spending all this time. I can go be shadowing doctors. Cause at the time I wanted to go into prosthetics. Like, I can be shadowing doctors. I can be doing all this other stuff that's setting me up for my future instead of playing basketball, which I've fallen out of love with. Um, and for me, it just came down to a really serious conversation of like, Hey, okay. If I quit, I'm a quitter. I got to live with that for the, re- for the rest of my life. Ended up having a phenomenal coach come in, take over the program. My last year, I fell back in love with the game and it was great. The other way that we tackle, um, you know, kind of the grind and, and helping an athlete realize where they are is between myself and some of the uh, other people that I have on my team. Uh, we've created this testing protocol that shows our athletes exactly where they are in terms of their athleticism, mm-hmm. in terms of their preparedness, and in terms of how they organically produce power. So I can say, hey, you're a muscle hamster. You're just really strong and you produce power just through pure concentric muscle-driven action. Or, hey, you're just a natural athlete. Maybe you've never trained this way before and you're just taking two steps and you're windmill dunking just because that's what your body, that's what God gifted you with. Yeah. Uh, But through the testing protocol that we have, we're able to tell you, hey, are you one or the other? And then based off of that, we're able to say, hey, here's a program that's actually going to help you. Here's a program that's actually going to fill those holes that you have. So if you're just naturally super springy, we need to make sure that you're really safe and you're not hurting yourself just because you're not used to those forces. Um, If we have an athlete that's just really slow, strong, um, and just solid as a rock, hey, we need to make you a little quicker, a little more agile, right? Um, And so not to get too sciencey or too too deep into the science, uh, but that's the way that we that's the way that we tackle uh, kind of where the athlete is meeting them where they are and saying, Hey, if you have three different cups and one's already full, let's pour water into the other two. We're, we're, we're good on that one, right? We don't have to keep hammering that home. Let's go work on, on what, what you're missing. I like that. And I imagine, I mean, using the, that same cup analogy, yeah, yeah. I imagine that it's not like, okay, so this cup's full. Yeah. We don't have to, we don't have to empty any of that cup or we don't have to lose any water from that cup to fill the yeah. other cups, right? Like you can, you can really right. fill all three or four cups without losing anything from the other cups. Is that, is that accurate? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. 
which I'm sure they love hearing. It's like, oh, I can get better. Yeah. It's like when you're playing like a, like a video game, right? Like you're playing a sports video game and you're trying yeah. to like level, level your person up. It's like, yeah, yeah. my, uh, my outside shooting is pretty solid, but maybe I could use, yeah. you know, the handles need some work because I keep losing the ball. One of the things that, that we're really big on is, hey, if, we're, if I have the opportunity to work with an athlete one-on-one, yeah. we're going over big questions like, hey, what's something you really want to get good at? Obviously, we need to know the goals. What's one thing you really want to do? And what's, what are some exercises that you don't like? Because if you don't like, we're not going to work on them. But if, hey, if you're an athlete, if you're a basketball player and you want to do some shrugs and some shoulders and, and some bench press, we'll eventually find a way to program that in there. Because at the end of the day, for basketball, it's the only it's the only sport that plays in a tank top year round, right. you know. So there's a little ego. Hey, I want to sure. look good. Fun playing. We have <laughs> like to Giannis, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, and I've I've worked at facilities that have said, well, no, this is the program. This is what we think is best for the athlete. So this is what we're going to do. Yeah. At some point, you're going to lose buy-in, and that's the biggest way that we've been able to create buy-in and keep people wanting to come back is, Hey, what do you, like, what do you want to work on? And sometimes the look, the blank stares that we get on athletes face is like, Oh no, it's ever, no one's ever asked me. <laughs> it's like, well, Hey, like you're here for a reason. Let's make it count, you know? So yeah. that's, that's, that's the thing that we're really big on. That's awesome. Man. I love that. And I think that's a great way to connect with your athletes. And I, I think yeah. I am, I can, I can already picture that, that blank look that you're talking about. And I'm sure yeah. it happens all the time. It's like, all the time. You guys messing with me? Like, is this a joke? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you can't be serious. Yeah. That's, I mean, such an awesome way to connect to your athletes. Um, so I love that, man. I love, I love everything that you just said. Cause it's obviously, uh, there's a reason you're doing that and not me. Cause I'm not something like, okay, I can see where this, this, you start going down that deep uh, rabbit hole of science. I'm like, Ooh, there's a lot to this, but yeah. again, man, it's, it's awesome that there's people like yourself, Gabe, all these amazing, the guys over at hyper thrive athletics, all these guys who are doing incredible things that, that, here athletes i'm talking to you right now coaches athletes they're doing the scientific part for you you just gotta listen exactly you don't have to open a textbook nothing just listen to these guys because they know what they're doing they've done the the hard work for you um let me ask you this man to kind of just take it in a less less uh, serious direction who's your who's your favorite basketball player right now and then who's your favorite basketball player all time i i think and and as you know kind of general as it is or maybe bandwagon as it is i think it's Giannis. i think we're looking at him just do some things that we've never seen people do um obviously i wasn't around when wilt chamberlain was playing yeah or uh, somebody's just like ridiculously strong athletically gifted guys but i mean when you look at someone of that stature uh, it's a generational talent uh, i think it's just an absolute treat to watch Giannis. So I think all time, uh, it's, I, I got to go with Brian Scalabrini. I mean, it doesn't get any better. Um, a, a hard second would be, uh, you know, Sean Bradley. Uh, okay. You know, some really just perennial, you know, players. And, uh, That's you know. funny. Yeah, I, I can see both those guys in you. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> now I'm not going to be able to see, like, unsee either one of those things. Those both make sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I, when I was younger, man, I got this, um, this basketball book and I forgot what the book was about, but I, all I know is that I was excited because it came with a, uh, a life-size poster of Carl Malone. And I'm like, oh, that would be cool to put up in my room. You don't really realize how tall a, a, an NBA player is until yeah. my parents are putting this, this stupid poster up in my room. They're like, why did you do this? Like, I don't know. Yeah. He's like, he's like curling at the top of the ceiling. And, um, you know, it's like, oh, this guy's a giant, but I, I'll never forget that, man. I, I wasn't even like, a, I wasn't even a big fan of Carmelo. Alone. I just thought, oh, this yeah. would be cool. Like a life-size poster. I'm like, oh, this is, this is a horrible idea. This is taking I, up most of my room. 
I still get that way. So right when I first started at Athletic Gains, it was it was day one. One of the trainers comes over. Hey, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. Set this up for Candice. Uh, my head went, Candice. I'm not talking about Candace Parker. All of a sudden, Candace Parker walks in the door. No way. And I'm looking at her. I'm like, something's off. And I know that sounds really bad, but I'm like, something. Like, obviously, it's Candace Parker. Maybe it's just because there's this aura around her. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at her like, something's weird. Five minutes later, it clicked. I'm like, I've never looked a female in the eye, like eye to eye. We were the same height. I was like, oh, hold on. Wait a minute. So, yeah. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man phenomenal athlete phenomenal human yeah so that's it yeah that is a really interesting thing i mean you hear people talk all the time about living in southern california specifically la and it's it's not a uncommon thing for you to go to a gym and you see a, a an actor actress working out yeah but i imagine the same thing in the athletic world like you have a lot of athletes that train down there um yeah. and and like you said it's like oh yeah i'm just looking eye and eye to eye with candace parker like yeah <laughs> What world are we living in? This is a wild, wild place. <laughs> That's so cool, man. Um, yeah, and like I said, I said it already, but I love what I love what you guys were doing with that athletic gains too. Just incredible. Yeah. I even, you know, after like, again after doing some research on you, I went back to look at their page and like, oh yeah, I forgot that they work with all of these monsters yeah. just cons- all the time. It's 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 incredible. It's yeah. it's fun to watch for sure. Um, let me ask you this, man. So obviously, you've had so much experience. In, in uh, traveling the world, playing basketball, coaching, training, all of these different things that you've done. Yeah. If, if you could hop in a time machine, go back to your younger self, whether it be the, the high school age, the college age, and you could give, you know, one piece of advice to yourself and then poof, you're back in the current, you know, current uh, times. What would that one piece of advice that you give yourself? Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, this, this is really interesting. So I'm, I'm 26. I just turned 26 uh, at the beginning of March. Okay. On my birthday every year, I found I find the one person that I've been looking up to for the last six months, and I ask them this exact question. I go, hey, if you could go back to being 26 or 25, yeah. or whatever year it is, uh, what would you tell yourself? And I've gotten a plethora of answers. Um, the very first person I asked was one of my – the very first person I ever trained I was at a facility uh, that did, uh, it wasn't quite rehab, uh, but the first client I had was a post-stroke. And so he lost his balance, lost his ability to fully communicate, uh, lost his ability to control his eyes, didn't lose any cognitive function. Guy was brilliant. And, uh, you know, we're having a conversation as I'm helping this guy walk. Uh, and I go, I go, Hey, what would you, you know, if you had, if you could go back to 22, what advice would you give yourself? And he goes, don't rush. And so when I think of this question, it's don't rush. And, and constantly, uh, I, I find myself rushing. I'm a, I'm a really good starter of things. I love to start a lot of things. Um, and, and I find myself rushing a lot that I don't, uh, fully enjoy some, some things. Uh, so I think, I think don't rush would, would be the big one. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And especially me first, I want to say this and I, and I hate when this happens on the podcast, but you're, uh, you're, you know, I'm, I'm 30, I'm 33. So you're definitely younger than me. And I, yeah. I look at you, I'm like, I, I need to step up my game, man. Cause you've already accomplished way more than I have in a much less time. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, I'm learning that right now, especially cause, uh, you know, as we were kind of setting this up, I told you, you know, I'm a, I'm a dad. And yeah. my, my wife and I have this conversation all the time where, you know, we have a, a three-year-old and a one-year-old 
And yeah. so it's incredible how, how fast that time goes by. And there's so many moments where we're like, man, we can definitely get past this stage of life. Uh, yeah. and this, these, these tantrums and stuff like that. And then, you know, once you're past it, it's like, dang, you wish you could go back sometimes because that time goes by so fast. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I love that advice because it, it not only applies to any athlete or coach, but it applies to anybody, any area of life, anything you're doing, like yep. don't rush. I think we yep. could end the podcast right there, but I, I got 10, <laughs> we've got 10 more minutes. So, uh, yep. we're going to, we're going to keep this going. Also wanted to mention, man, congrats. I know you're, you're engaged and you're going to be getting yes. married pretty soon. I saw that, yep. uh, we got June, 43 days July. left, 40 days? 43 days left, June, 43 20. days. That's yeah. awesome, man. You excited? Um, I'm really excited. Yeah, that's awesome. Very, very cool, man. Congrats on congrats on that. And uh, Thank you. I, I, so I've got to ask because yeah. you know we've talked to coaches on here and high school coaches, and their their spouse is a huge part of, of yeah. their life and their career because in the world you guys live in, they kind of have to be because it's it's not a it's not a nine to five job. It's not a um, I mean, it's a calling really. Like that's what that's what yeah. coaching and training is. Like you guys put in different hours than those people. And I always felt like you have to have a spouse that is on board with that and is willing yeah. to run as hard as you are in, yeah. in that world. So um, if, you, I mean, if you don't mind, man, just tell us a little bit about your fiance and then yeah. what was it about her that made you realize, okay, as I'm pursuing this, this career and this, this uh, lane of, of training and, and influencing athletes, this is the right person for me because I know that they're going to live in this world with me and, and support me in this. Uh, so... Going all the way back, it was my first year. It was at the end of my first year at Cal State Northridge. Um, we met. She was playing indoor and beach volleyball and oh, okay. basketball. So two college athletes. Um, obviously, you get into that athlete kind of circle. Um, and, and we met immediately, hit it off. Um, she graduated on time. Came back up here, went to William Jessup, got her master's and her teaching credentials, and now she's a fifth grade teacher. Oh, awesome. Uh, and so it's just phenomenal to see, you know, as, as much as like coaching is influencing, you know, young people, uh, what influences young people more than a teacher and a fifth grade teacher at that, yeah. uh, you know, elementary school, bless her heart, because uh, there's not a lot of people that could do that. No. <laughs> uh, I, I, there, there was never really a moment where it was like, you know, oh, hey, this is the one for me. Yeah. Uh, because for years I've been asking her to marry me, uh, you know, and she's like, no, it's not right. It's not right. You know, time's not right. She's, you know, I, I had the idea of like, oh, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to ask her to marry me on my senior night in college. And she's like, if you do that in front of 6,000 people, I'm saying no. Um, so she deterred me yeah. from that. Uh, but I think, and this is this this is a joke, but it's it's very much real. Around this time two years ago, I had an opportunity to come up here and work for a physical therapist in Loomis, a sports physical therapist. Uh, it was a really good opportunity, really great learning opportunity. Um, it was uh, only a few weeks or months, um, and and that's what originally got me up here. At that same time, Athletic Gains had basically said, hey, we're going to open up another facility in Phoenix. Hmm. Can we rely on you to go and open that up and run it? And as flattered as I was, you know, I was like, well, let me make sure. So I call up my fiance and I go, hey, like, how would you like to go to Phoenix? You know, this and that. And here's the detail. Yeah. 
yeah, okay, I'll move to Roseville. It was a very quick conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah. And as much as I make that joke, um, when I moved to Roseville, that was for me the point that we got married because we weren't engaged the, at that point. Yeah. But it was like, hey, I'm I'm up I'm uprooting everything. I had moved eight times in eight years before that, so I was very happy to find a home sure. where I could stop moving. Yeah, uh, very happy that that's Roseville. I have no plans on going anywhere else. But when I moved up here, it was like, hey, I'm I'm, I'm making this commitment to you, um, and you know, my my fiance is somebody that came into my life when I was rushing. I was trying to rush life. Um, and I was trying to rush life and get the answers without God. And she has been there every step of the way, uh, to remind me and ground me and, and make sure that, uh, you know, I'm not forgetting to ask God for help, uh, when I need it. So, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. Like I said, I, I always feel like, especially, you know, I've been married for, uh, we're coming up on six years now and you just realize even, even though I'm not a coach, I'm not a, um, and you know, a trainer or anything like that, even just doing this podcast and, and the time commitment this, this requires, you realize yeah. just the importance of having someone in your corner that's going to be, you know, that's going to run with you in, in those, in those uh, yeah. lanes, because it's, it's not easy. And, it, and yeah. I've seen, I've, I've seen, and I've heard plenty of conversations with coaches where they're like, yeah, things did not go well because of X, Y, yeah. Z, because of the grind. Uh, yeah. that coaching can take on, on your personal life. And so, um, I always love hearing that, that type of stuff from, from coaches and trainers. Cause I think it's really important for people to hear. Uh, yeah. also my wife is a high school teacher. And so, okay. uh, I hundred percent agree with you on all the teaching stuff. And, and she'll tell you, she'll be the first one to say, there's a reason why she's teaching high school and not elementary school for the exact same thing. <laughs> not, not easy, yeah. not an easy thing, especially the last couple of years, man, with everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, but so let me, let me ask you this. I was going to ask you, uh, I had a question about, you know, who you respect as a, another trainer here in our home team of Sacramento, but I think I'm going to ask you instead about the Sacramento athletic coalition. Cause I know yeah. we talked to Gabe about that a little bit when it was first starting. And I know yeah. from what I can tell, you're a big part of that as well. Yeah. What, what made you want to get involved with that? And why do you think it's so important? Because like I said, the bottom line is and you, and you said this too, how Gabe is really could is considered like your biggest competition because of the way you guys do things, but he's also one yeah. of your best friends. Yeah. And I love that. Cause that's kind of what we're, this whole home team thing is about. Like our, our tagline is we may compete in different uniforms, but at the end of the day, we're all on the same team. We're all a part of the home team. Cause if, if our goal as coaches and trainers and athletes is to make the people around us better, to make our communities better, like we may compete on Friday nights at a football game, but at the end of the yeah. day, like we still have that same vision and that same mission, you know, when it comes to how we want to influence people. So um, kind of what you guys are doing. Like you guys are like, yeah, we have competing businesses. We, you know, yeah. have different clients that come through, but at the end of the day, like we're trying to build each other up because if we can do anything to help each other make athletes better, then yeah. we want to do it. And I love what Gabe said, but I want to hear it from your perspective, man. Like, why did you get involved? What's, what's the whole, the whole thing to tell us all about that. I don't, I don't know if I can add much more. That's, that's the whole basis on why we did it. And we've now grown. We've had 40 people come through. Um, and if anything that we do with all these different people, with all these different backgrounds, they all have their different specialties. If anything that we do can influence another coach and help make that coach better, the end result is making a better athlete. And so the motivation for me was I grew up in a town, a fraction of the size of Roseville with a mother who was in the franchise, uh, in the gym industry. 
she owned, uh, if you remember, Curves for Women. Yeah. She was a franchise owner of multiple locations in a smaller city in a smaller county uh, than what we're in up here. There weren't a lot of trainers. And so it's constantly competition. I got to steal clients, you know, to put food on my table type of idea. And when I opened this, I'm like, okay, you know, hey, I'm going to open a gym. I don't want competition, right? Then there's, there's two types of competition. There's the co- competition that, you know, Tommy Smith down the street, he sucks and he's doing a terrible job and he's injuring athletes and I'm putting that out there. Yeah. So what does that say about my character? And then there's a different kind of, kind of competition of, hey, if, you know, Tommy Smith down the street all of a sudden sees what I'm doing and sees that, hey, I have a higher standard than him and he decides to raise his standard, now we're at the same level. I have to go now be better than that. I'd rather be competitive that way so that we're constantly raising each other's standards versus, you know, hey, don't go there because they suck. It just makes no sense. So it's something that as soon as I opened the gym, I was like, I want to do something. I, we didn't have a name for it. I think that there was a beauty in that the first two or three meetings, we didn't have anything to call it. Eventually it got big enough. That it was so close. Okay. If we're going to tell other coaches about this, we got to call it something. Yep. And, uh, you know, between Gabe and myself, we had had a few conversations about it. And one day Gabe called me and he goes, everybody talks about it. Everyone wants to do it. Nobody's actually doing it. Let's just do it. And I go, cool. Let's, let's do it at lead. We did the first one at lead. We had some phenomenal minds. We had people come in the door, like the, the hyper five guys. Um, Joe. Joe, yeah. Joe came through and I'm yeah. looking at Joe. This guy's walking through my door. I'm like, I've learned stuff from you from podcasts and, and videos and all these different things. I've learned so much from him and haven't even met him. Right. Um, and now he's in my gym. We're all learning from each other. Um, and so that's the competition that I want to, I want to build outside of that. I worry about what's in my four walls. You know, I, I, once you're a business owner and once you're trying to have this really high standard of training and you're worried about, uh, all of these different principles of training and Hey, is what you're doing, you know, necessarily right. Uh, is it the right stuff? Is it what the athlete needs? There's so much to worry about. Right. I don't have time to worry about what Tommy Smith down the street is doing. Right. So it, it kind of takes care of itself. Yeah. Which makes sense. And I love, I love that you said that too, man. Cause I, I've always loved this idea of, of competition. Like there's competition against your opponent and then competition yeah. within your team. And if those two lines get crossed and there's gonna be a problem, right? Like if, if the way yeah. you compete with your opponent is how you start competing with teammates, it's like, Ooh, yeah. it's gonna, it's gonna set a bad precedent for that culture of that team. But if you learn, like you said, how to use it to push each other, to yeah. be the very best and it's only gonna get the best results and i love that you guys are doing that um is there really a tommy smith down the street because that would be amazing if somebody no, was listening no, like tommy smith i hope not yeah <laughs> I, i've done my research i know the market i know every trainer i know what they're doing uh or nearly every trainer and there's no yeah. tommy smith so i use that name quite a lot <laughs> perfect that's a safe name i was wondering like oh some guys listening is like he's talking i don't know this dude. he's talking about me yeah, like- Tommy Smith's going to be deflated after this. Yeah. Tommy Smith's trash. Just anybody knows like if he's a trainer, don't go to him. Um, no, that's awesome. I love, I love that whole concept. And I love, you know, again, I, like I said, I've talked to athletes about that before. Like I love the idea of using competition to build people up rather than tear people down. I think that's a, it's an amazing thing. And, um, 
anytime I talk to a, a trainer or I get to know a trainer, I've, I've tried to send them your guys' way. I don't know if they've actually shown up or they're connected with yeah. you guys, but um, I've said, Hey, if this is what you want, if this is what you're doing, this is your career, talk to these yeah. guys because they're doing some incredible things and you're only going to get better for it. So um, it. yeah, man, no, I believe, like I said, I believe in what you guys do. Um, and, and you know, the thing too, and I, I know we're already at 45 minutes, but uh, we'll try to wrap it up here soon. So I can be yeah. respectful of your time. But one thing I did want to mention is, um, <clears throat> excuse me, is, is legacy. Um, yeah. This idea of, of legacy, right? Like we always hear about it in sports. We always you talk about it as coaches. We talk to our athletes about like, what is the legacy you want to leave? So a yeah. very simple question, man. Like what is the legacy? I mean, obviously you're, you're still fairly new to the area, but like yeah. you're, you're part of our home team, man. You're, you're having yeah. a tremendous impact. You're, you're with us. You're here. Yeah. What legacy do you want to leave for the home team here in Sacramento? Phenomenal question. And it's, it's something that I'm really passionate about. Um, just because I, uh, there's a lot of people that, you know, they want whatever they build to last forever. I know lead isn't going to last forever. And I think if you know that, you know that eventually there's a stopping point. I think if you realize that there is a stopping point, uh, there's not as much pressure or, or fear to, you know, do so much as fast as you can. That's a better way to rephrase that. Um, if, if you know that, that there's going to be an end point, it's like, Hey, now I have the opportunity to just go for it. Right. Um, so for me, I very, very rarely set goals. Hmm. Goal setting is a phenomenal technique, right? And in terms of, uh, you know, planning and, you know, mental preparation, phenomenal technique. And most people need it. For me, I don't really set goals um, just for the sake of, I use this analogy a lot. Um, I don't tell a lot of people, but I, I, I use it a lot when people ask. Imagine you're in a field. You have a starting line. You're just in an open field. You put a blindfold on. I'm trying to run as fast as I can. I don't know if it's in the right direction, right? So I don't know if, if what I'm doing is going to last forever. If it's not, it's not really the goal. Uh, I don't know if, if we are the best training product. Uh, I don't know. You don't know. But if you worry about that so much, you start slowing down and trying to fix your last few steps. So for me, I'm just in a field, I'm blindfolded and I'm running as hard as I can. I am tearing every fiber of my hamstring. I am trying to run so fast. Um, and at some point when it's over, I stop, I'll take the blindfold, blindfold off. And maybe there was a finish line over there and now I'm here, but at least I'm able to look back and say, I ran really far. And, and I think for me, that is where, um, th that's where I put a lot of my motivation is say, I'm just trying, I'm trying to run hard. Right. Yeah. That's good. Is like, just drop the mic right there. I like that. That's, yeah. a, great, that's a great, that's a great analogy, man. There I love that. Um, yeah. that's, I love that. I'll, I'll say this one last thing before we get out of here. I, I wanted to go back to, cause I almost forgot to, to mention yeah. this. Um, you know, obviously you mentioned with the competition of different, um, you know, trainers and different uh, facilities that are doing the athletic performance like you guys are, you yeah. know, and, and you guys coming together. I think one of the cool things about that is I, I've talked to coaches about this as far as their own teams. Sometimes when you're trying to, in, you know, get connected to an athlete, the head coach, yeah. you know, may not be able to connect with a specific athlete, uh, 
Yeah. Like in the most um, beneficial way. Like they may, they may love that athlete. They may have their yeah. best in mind, but whether it's personalities, whether it's, you know, the coach is a little louder than the athlete could handle, you know, like yeah. that's a little too harsh for me, whatever it may be. They just can't quite connect with it, but it's like, Oh, the wide receivers coach, they do connect with them. And so that person yep. can have influence. So even if you guys are doing, you know, the same thing as far as training, um, which yeah. again, Gabe and Gabe and Blair, I'm like, I don't know how you don't like either one of these dudes, but maybe that's the case. Maybe they just don't vibe with Blair as much, but Gabe, they just have a, a really strong connection and, and vice versa. It's yeah. like, Hey, Gabe's a good dude, but maybe I just don't connect with him as much, but Blair, I, I connect with him for whatever reason. And so I think that's yeah. what's so awesome about what you guys are doing. Like there is that element that even if you guys are doing a great job with, with the training, there's yeah. still that, that element of like personalities made us not mesh. And at least you can say, okay, Hey, I get it, dude. You're not yeah. going to connect with me, but I have five or six other people that you would love. And yeah. so you're still helping that athlete, even though you're not the one that's like directly helping that athlete. So I yep. just wanted to point that out, man. I thought that's a cool element of what you guys are doing. No, absolutely. I mean, you look at every team, every athlete has their favorite assistant coach, right? right. Every athlete can come together <laughs> and, and, and complain over the, the head coach. Every athlete has their favorite assistant. 100%. Uh, and, and a lot of the times that motivation factor comes into play here. So we've had athletes. It's like, Hey, what we, what we do, there's no pressure. I try not to be a 24 hour fitness. I'm like, Hey, there's no contract. We're not locking in. Yeah. Um, if it's not for you, that's okay. We have the coalition. I've, I've sent people to dynamic training. I've sent people. Yeah, uh, awesome. Yeah. And, and Hey, they've, they've had great success over there and, and it's, it's great to be able to have this as a resource. Um, but I think a, a really good example that nobody really realizes until you're in it is I play that figure between the parent and the athlete, yeah. because we'll have a lot of parents who just love, obviously every parent loves their kid, but they just want the absolute best for them. Yeah. And the amount of times I'll have a parent come in and go, my, my athlete needs to do X, Y, and Z. And I tell them, but they don't want to listen to me. Maybe they'll listen to you. Yeah. And so I got to turn around and go, Hey, I know you want to use those compression boots. Did you sleep for more than seven hours? Did you eat your vegetables and did you drink water? And yeah. so it's the same thing that their parents are telling them. Yeah. Uh, but there's been a lot of conversations that I've had that I've got to be this, uh, you know, liaison, uh, this, this go between to get those com com uh, conversations to happen. Yeah, yeah. You're basically like the cool parent. Yeah. It's like, you know what I mean? <laughs> All the time. It's great. Like the other parents are like, hey, like we know you're cooler than us. Just, you know, pass these five things on to them and then let's just move it, move it yeah. along. That's awesome, man. I know. Yeah. And it's funny. Like I've heard that from multiple trainers and coaches. Um, they said the exact same thing. They're like, there's always that conversation. There's multiple times where the parents are like, hey, and you, you already know, right? Like, you know, and the parents are like, hey, can you come here? You know, yep. it's going to happen. You know, the conversation yep. is going to that's going to uh, go down at that point. So, and, and, and a bit, a big thing for coaches is, I don't want to, I want to keep going, but a big thing for coaches that I think it's really hard in the moment to remember is a, a majority. I'll, I'll say confidently, it's a majority of what we have to do is create energy. Hmm. I can have the absolute best workout training program in the world on my board when you walk in but if you come in and you're tired or your teacher yelled at you or your parent was upset or didn't let you do something or your coach you know benched you you have an athlete that comes in they're they're quiet their heads down they're bummed 
it's not on them. It's not their fault. Mm -hmm. And, and for me, I'm a really big responsibility guy. I don't care if it's my fault or not. If I have the power to change it, I'm going to change it. So for us, it's like, okay, Hey, the, the energy has to be here. They, we can't allow energy vultures to come in. Uh, I know it's kind of a cliche term, but hey, like it's a, or energy, you know, vulture vampire, it's all um, kind of the same idea, but we have to cultivate this energy on a regular basis. It is much harder to do at five 30 in the morning than it is to at three <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's part of this standard that we have to set and we have to continuously check ourselves on. So if we have an athlete that comes in, they just got yelled at by mom or dad because they were late and they come in their heads down. It's, it's a big thing that I think coaches forget and it wears on you a little bit. Cause you're like, ah, I just gave all this energy to the last group of, of athletes I had. <laughs> yeah. It's part of the job. It's part of what we signed up for. It's hard to remember in the moment, but it's pivotal. It is pivotal. Yeah. That's fantastic. We, like you said, man, we could, I think I could keep this going for a while. I'm not going to yeah. do that to you. I'm going to, I'm going to tell myself, stop. <laughs> conversation, but we would love to have you back on, man. Cause I think like there's so yeah. many more things that, you know, now that we, now that we've introduced you to our audience, now we yeah. can dive into some of the other things more specifically to what you do in the training, all that stuff. So you yeah. can just like blow our mind with all the science if you want. So <laughs> man, if you're, if you're willing, we'd love to have you back on at some point. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Appreciate it, man. Um, yeah. where can they, where can they follow you? What's the website, social yeah. media, all that stuff. A lot of what we do is through Instagram. All of our social media is at lead performance, whether it's Facebook, TikTok, uh, Instagram, Twitter. If you're looking for information, it's going to be Twitter. I'm uh, sorry. It's going to be Instagram or the website leadathleticperformance.com. Uh, we got some really, really great stuff coming up this summer. I have a phenomenal team. I have coaches that have coached at, in the collegiate center, coaches that have coached like myself, uh, have coached pro athletes. Um, coaches that do a phenomenal job with different sports. Um, so we have a lot going on this summer. So there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out in the next few weeks. Awesome. Well, please, if when that stuff starts coming up, uh, send it our way and we'll, we'll push it out there on our oh, social media you. as well. Cause we want to make sure people are more, more people are aware of what you guys are doing. Yeah. Um, man, thank you so much for being on the show. We appreciate it. Oh, yeah. uh, who, who's, I know we're still a little early, but who's, who's winning yeah. the finals? <sighs> This is the question I get every single year. It's March, the finals, it's everything. They go, Blair, you're a basketball player. Who am I putting my money on? I go, don't ask me. I don't watch TV. I bury myself in the internet and books, and I never watch TV. So I don't even know who's about to be in the finals. I know Boston just lost because during the interview, I got a little notification. Uh, Outside of that, I have no idea. Oh, okay. Not a great story. That's okay. That's that's okay. That was actually probably a refreshing answer for most people. You know what I mean? They're like, I'm well, a Clippers fan, so I understand how hard it is to be a Kings fan. So. <laughs> hey, man. On that note, <laughs> we'll, we'll end it there, man. Blair, thank you so much, man. We appreciate what you're doing, and uh, we're grateful that you're part of our home team. Uh, definitely, absolutely.